Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. So this is going to be my last episode of 2022. Can't believe the year is over, but uh, here we are. And I had planned on kind of doing an assessment of Biden's year and the Democrats' year based on the episode I did in the first weeks of January, which is kind of laying out what I wanted to see them do. And so I wanted to assess that. The reason I'm not doing that just yet is because there's still um, some negotiations going on to get some stuff passed in this last week or two. And there's some really important stuff that might happen. So I really want to wait until that's done to have the full stock of what Democrats and Biden accomplished. So I will come back first thing in January and talk about 2022 uh, as, you know, as a productive year and, you know, kind of go through the checklist here of what got done and what didn't. Uh, And again, again, give an overall assessment. Um, But let me just kind of sum it up a little, even though, you know, this isn't the details, which is, You know, 2022 was the year, I think, where democracy lived to see another day. There's a lot more that happened, but I think that's like the overarching message is that democracy lived to see another day and, you know, progress was made and we didn't go into, you know, the depths of fascism and retrenchment with a huge, you know, red wave. That's probably my main takeaway. But like I said, a lot of stuff, actually really incredible stuff happened that we need to go through. And so I'll come back, you know, in a couple of weeks with that. But in, you know, in the interim, I want to end on, you know, a topic that's kind of been in the news a lot lately. And again, I don't necessarily like doing things that are topical, but it's it's kind of crescendoed, I think, or crescendoed. Um, in the last couple months and so I want to talk about it and this is the kind of the anti-wokeness backlash right and the title here of this episode is the anti-wokeness backlash is as old as America and so you can kind of get a sense here that what I'm my main point here is clearly this is nothing new it's the same reactionary forces that have been in America since even before the country was founded and it's just a new you know, it's a new iteration of that. Um, but the reason I want to kind of get into it a little more detail is because, you know, I'm not a Twitter user in the sense I don't have my own Twitter account. I, I check out a couple people's Twitter accounts, you know, some economics and some politics that I, I like kind of seeing what they're doing. But I really don't spend much time on Twitter. I never have. I mean, I've probably spent, you know, 20 hours in my life on Twitter And, you know, in the last couple months with Elon Musk's takeover, I've been on there, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day, kind of just checking out things, right? So I don't have the app on my phone. Again, I don't have my own account, but I'm kind of interested in what's going on because it's a pretty influential site. 
And with Elon Musk taking it over, you know, it's been pretty interesting what's going on, right? And it's revealed a lot, right? Like Ron DeSantis of Florida, the GOP savior of the week, and I'll get to him in a moment, Elon Musk is on an anti-woke crusade. I mean, he literally has almost said it in those words. He said many, many outrageous things. And, but he said multiple times that like combating wokeness is like about saving civilization. I mean, just think about the grandiosity, right? Wokeness is the threat to civilization. It's not fascism. It's not ecological collapse and climate emergency. It's wokeness, right? So let's, let's pivot back to Ron DeSantis because I think this is illustrative. Ron DeSantis' lawyers had to define wokeness uh, for a judge because he passed an anti-woke law in, in Florida and it's now in the courts. He got sued. And so his lawyers had to come up with, okay, what is, what is wokeness? What does Ron DeSantis mean? What are you fighting in your anti-woke law? And so this is where it gets really interesting, and it will be illuminating for the Elon Musk part as well. They defined it. Ron DeSantis' own lawyers defined wokeness as, I quote, the belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. Like, let that sink in. Any sane person would both recognize that statement as true and as good. The belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. But Ron DeSantis has built his entire brand on making Florida where wokeness goes to die. So Florida is where addressing systemic injustice goes to die? Huh? Really? That's your brand? Fighting for injustice? fighting against people who want to remedy injustice? That's your courageous stance against the left? I mean, it's just, it's, it would be laughable if it wasn't so absurd and so fascist and dangerous. Now, Elon Musk is on board with this too, right? Because what is he doing in his quest to vanish wokeness, right? He's now promoting all sorts of anti-Semitic, racist, sexist, neo-Nazis and going after left-wing journalists. And what's so amazing and also just to be frank, quite boring about this whole affair is like I said, how old this is. It's like the right wing just has nothing new. It's the same old rehashed bullshit decade after decade. So first it was political correctness, then it was liberalism, now it's wokeness, right? What is this? It's mostly powerful men, mostly white powerful men, who simply cannot countenance anyone critiquing their positions or their status, and their egos are so frail that attacking progress becomes their entire reason for being. You literally have the world's richest man, or formerly richest, now that he's trashing his companies with this Twitter nonsense. And then one of the most popular right-wing governors in DeSantis, completely enthralled to the most reactionary elements of society. And just because there's an audience for it. Again, this is as old as America. 
It's the cheapest, laziest path to go down, right? Like I've said for almost a decade, the Republican Party is a white grievance cult in the service of plutocracy. And basically, grievance and resentment is all that they have. It's what fills right-wing media all day, every day. From AM radio and from the Rush Limbaugh's up to Fox News to Breitbart, right? Anti-wokeness, again, is just the cheapest, easiest, laziest path to follow for frail men with their frail egos. It provides endless opportunities to grandstand. And with Elon, I'm defending civilization, right? And Ron DeSantis, where wokeness goes to die. Wow, you're a tough guy. Right. And it's guaranteed to earn you praise from tens of millions of other small men and the women who follow them. It's a huge circle jerk for the most pathetic men on the planet. It always has been and it always will be. After the break, however, I'm going to come back and talk about how this anti-wokeness charade has also gotten some relatively smart men caught up in it and 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 what that reveals as well with god on my side the army's gonna rise Okay, so while it's not surprising that a fool like Elon Musk or a tool like Ron DeSantis have jumped on the anti-woke bandwagon, it's also captured and compromised many who I thought should have known better. The latest victim here is Dave Chappelle, right? Dave Chappelle is a funny guy. I think he's incredibly overrated and clearly the kind of praise that he's gotten has gone to his head because he's become arrogant and he's kind of lost the plot, right? So, you know, recently he brought Elon Musk on stage with him at his, at the Chase Center in San Francisco. And what was amazing is that Elon just got, re, you know, relentlessly booed for like 10 minutes and couldn't even get a word in. And even, and Dave was getting frustrated and telling, you know, the crowd to shut the fuck up. And, you know, and, it, and again, Dave fancies himself as Mr. Contrarian and a guy who's, you know, progressive and means well, but doesn't go to extremes. And, you know, he's going to, you know, say the uncomfortable stuff. You know, give me a fucking break. This is literally the week, you know, that Elon is promoting all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories and going after, you know, Dr. Fauci. And, you know, again, there's crazy neo-Nazi stuff all over Twitter now and calling people pedophiles, going down the whole QAnon route. And that's when Dave thinks it's going to be real courageous to bring Elon on stage to show you that I'm not part of the left woke mob. And it was just pathetic. Again, I'm never going to watch any of Dave's stuff anymore. I'm kind of one of these people that once people cross a line for me, I just I'm done with them. 
you know, I liked Mel Gibson movies and he, he showed himself as a raging anti-Semite. I'll never watch another one of his movies again. You know, um, you know, I love Smashing Pumpkins, but, you know, lead singer there kind of started saying some stupid shit about guns in the right wing. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, there's enough good art in the world that, like, if I lose a few artists because they're just assholes, I don't care. And also, like I said, Dave Chappelle, he's funny, but I think he's incredibly overrated. And he's gotten a lot less funny in the last few years. He kind of fancies himself as, like, some serious social commentator. And then what does he do? He brings Elon Musk on stage, you know, at the peak of his QAnon, anti-Semitic, racist kind of Twitter, um, you know, moves. So just pathetic, right? And again, I just think it's like a lot of people get too famous and the arrogance creeps in and they somehow think, you know, they're going to be the the brave ones who stand to thwart society and do the, you know, the, the risky stuff. It's not risky to bring Elon Musk up on stage. It's just fucking dumb and it's sad, right? So, you know, the other person who, you know, I've mentioned this before, Sam Harris, I really think he's a really smart guy, but he literally has an app. You know, a pay app that he makes millions of dollars on, on meditation called Waking Up. He has a book called Waking Up. And yet, he spends so much of his time railing against wokeness. I'm like, your fucking brand is waking up and you're railing against wokeness. And he, like, fancies himself as a super progressive guy. Like, can't you separate the wheat from the chaff? Can't you understand that most of what is in wokeness you agree with? And it's, of course, there's some stuff on the margins, on the fringe that's not cool that you should oppose. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It really appears that irony can never die. When you literally are making money on stuff called waking up and then railing against wokeness, like, wow, irony can never, ever die. And Sam is smart. I like him. But again, just kind of lost his center with this anti, again, it kind of, he has that anti that contrarian, he likes the fact that he pisses off the left and the right, well, you know what, you know, drop that, right, drop that, you're a leftist, you're a liberal, okay, yeah, you have a couple centrist positions, but you're a liberal, you're on the left, embrace it, you know, go after the, the excesses of wokeness and still embrace the core principles, fighting injustice, systemic injustice, so then you get other smart people. Andrew Sullivan, right? He was the guy who basically worked really hard, one of the leaders of the gay marriage movement. He was a huge Obama supporter. He's a never-Trumper. He's a smart guy. He came out recently defending Elon Musk by saying some snide remark about the far left will turn anyone into a reactionary. What? The far left will turn anyone into a reactionary? What's so telling about this line of reasoning is that it's used often by people on the right to blame the left for their own liberal failings. You know, I used to be a liberal, but they made me go crazy. Their extremism brought me into the hands of neo-Nazis. The movement of personal responsibility argues that people on the left make them turn, it, turn against them as if they're so weak that they can't possibly hold firm to their positions. This is no different than the abuser who blames his partner for making him hit her. You made me do it. If only you hadn't said that, I wouldn't have punched you in the face. Right? It's the same line we've heard for century after century and millennia from weak, abusive men who can't keep their own shit together and they just will make excuses. Right? Let's just be clear here. No one turns anyone 
into a racist, sexist, abusive asshole. Nobody does that to anyone. If you go down that road, that's on fucking you, right? And so Dave Chappelle, Andrew Sullivan, to a lesser extent, you're Sam Harris. If you're going to go on this anti-wokeness stuff, that's just a reflection of you. Don't blame anybody. That's on you, right? Blaming people for your turn down the rabbit hole is nonsense. All right, I'll come back with the antidote right after the break. Okay, so the antidote for today is to not let the incredible change swirling around you make you lose your center. Most of the people I have discussed today clearly don't have a strong moral core. So things that make them uncomfortable make them lose their shit. If you have a strong moral foundation, the change around you won't unmoor you. It won't severely unnerve you. Of course, There's certain types of change that are bad and certain types of change that cause anxiety. But if the stronger your moral core is, the more you're going to be able to remain firm and stable and recognize that most change happening now is good. An expansion of rights, people getting voice who didn't have voice. The status quo in the world is fucking horrible. We need to change it. Change is good. So embrace change from a position of strength and confidence, a strong moral core, and again, you will be able to remain stable. You won't go down these rabbit holes that these other people go down chasing illusions and thinking that you're being contrarian, right? It's silly and foolish. And so again, the the antidote for the end of 2022 is keep that strong core, keep that strong foundation, and let that guide you in this, you know, incredible moment in history where there is a lot of stuff changing and a lot of stuff going on that, you know, we need to pay attention to. So with that, everybody, I hope you have a great holiday season and happy new year uh, and that you stay safe and healthy and secure and spend time with the ones you love. And with that, everybody, if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends and colleagues, rate it, Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And with that, everyone, be well. See you in 2023.